that's getting dry from. I mean, I've talked you through. We've we've spoken in depth about this topic, and I didn't record it like a but like like a real dunce. So let's let's fast track it. Let's fast track the intro. Oh man. Uh, so what what we were we were chatting about? Well, why don't you have a crack? Why don't you tell me what what I've what I've already told you, and then I'll, and then I'll fill in the blanks of the parts that you've uh, you've missed there. You're assuming that I've been listening to what you've been saying. 100%. Now, this is kind of like a test. That would be one of the first times ever on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's exciting. <laughs> All right. So there's this guy. There's a, he's a rugby union player. His name is Israel Folau. And this story has been blowing up in Australia, actually making waves around the world. Um, not too much here in America because we have our own crap to deal with, to be honest with you, uh, especially heading into election time now and the debate starting. But... Um, but he has basically made a social media post. How long ago, Ben? Uh, the social media post was about oh, six weeks ago, six to eight weeks ago, I think. He's, you know, he's only asked me to, to do the intro and the recap because he wants to carry on making his coffee. That's what's going no, on. No, I here. can't. The, the, co- <laughs> the coffee's way too loud. If I make it, you know that it'll, it'll, it, uh, it'll go berserk and you won't be able to hear anything. Right. So, he's, so this guy, Israel Folau, who's a professional sportsman, He's a professional sportsman. One of the things about being a professional sportsman is you think that you're going to be able to impact people and share your thoughts. Um, yeah. And he is a man of faith as well. And he has done a silly thing. He's gone and made a social media post that Ben will tell us what it says because I can't, I can't get all the words right on what it says on the post. So go so ahead, the, Ben. Uh, <laughs> the social media <laughs> post, was, uh, it was done on Instagram and it was done with kind of like a yellow and black, like a, a big, big warning sign it says. It says, warning, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, idolaters. Hell awaits you. Repent. Only Jesus saves. Yes. Silly boy. We know that social media is not the place to go putting positional statements and absolutes out because there's no tone. There's no um, conversation. There's no dialogue. Um, but more than that, our concern goes deeper because this is both a freedom of speech issue um, in the postmodern world that we live in, but it's also a how do we handle this from a faith perspective? Has the church done a good or bad job about this? So um, here's the thing. He went and raised money because he was sacked from his job, fired from his job as a professional um, rugby player by the rugby union authorities. What do we call them? Uh, rugby Australia is their <laughs> official name. Rugby Australia, mate. So they went sacked with that <laughs> because cause he, is doing, he is doing naughty things. It was against their policies. He's not allowed to incite um, any comments that are prejudiced, I guess. Yeah. And it was and well, seen they, as that. They they believe that he he went against his contract and in his contract he wasn't allowed he's not allowed to make a post that would make essentially make rugby Australia look bad is kind of the easiest way to describe it and uh, they believe that he breached that contract and and he was eligible to be fired right and so did who so then he ends up in court with this thing against who against rugby Australia well he yeah he he's going to to fight for um for the fact that he shouldn't have been fired and he began raising money to to take it to court because it would be worth quite a fair bit of money uh to to fight it in court and while he was there uh, he 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 go fund me campaign and returned all the money back to the donors so he's i wonder what the go fund me rules and regulations are that he broke is he not allowed to raise money for a for a legal issue 
He's not allowed to. He's not allowed to raise money in in a. So GoFundMe has a rule that you can't raise money in an exclusive manner. So anything that's done um, um, to exclude somebody else, so you can't raise money to run an event that would exclude somebody else. So they yeah. believed that that's what he was doing. So they, on that grounds, they were able to demonetize the the situation. Okay, so he ends up in court. GoFundMe then takes the funding away, which he gets back anyway through another another organization that goes, okay, we'll just collect it for you. That's fine. But he's still battling this thing, right? He's still going to court. This is probably going to be dragged out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's a massive case, and it's a massive it, it's a it's a massive um, freedom of speech case here in Australia that will be very big in terms of religious freedoms and and what we can and can't say and how we can and can't say them. But the the issue I kind of wanted to to discuss more in this forum is is did as a Christian was it effective? Do you think he did the right thing? Is that how we stand for our faith? What does standing for our faith actually mean and look like? And how do we do that in a, in a world that's ever-changing? Mm. And particularly in a postmodern world that is yeah, deconstructive. Sure. And one of the things that it's most deconstructive about is values. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question because we've got two topics here. We've got a freedom of speech issue. Um, as Christians, who, by the way, we never hear about the persecution of Christians anymore, you know. Um, yeah. Not just death, but actual just clamping down on, on values. And, um, and then we've got the other issue, which is dear to us, because we, we'd like to speak about the church in this age and what we can do to, to bring her into full health, is that how we've addressed it, just like you said. But um, I, I just... I don't know, mate. I don't know about doing that on social media for a start. Yeah, and and look, I think I think the reality is is that Israel Folau is is going to be okay. You know, he's he's not he's not going to be without money. He's going to get through this. It's all going to be well. But that that's not the point. More so than the the freedom to express your faith in any way that you feel you can, aside from violence. You know, of course, I think that you shouldn't be able to express your faith violently. That's that's not okay. But in terms of a media post, he should be able to do that. I think that's pretty, to me, that's pretty clear. But I, I just look at it and I go, I, I wonder, you know, did anybody look at that post and go, wow, Israel's right. I should stop fornicating or I should stop lying because hell awaits me. Like, like what, mm. what was the success of that post, even if it wasn't backlash? And mm, that's my true. question. True. It's, it's a very good question. It's a very good question because... Um, if not, either it's pushing people away or people are like, oh, whatever, just get over yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of things. So I haven't weighed in, I haven't weighed in on this discussion online at all because I don't believe it actually gives, um, my voice any value. I actually think it takes away from, from what I can say. It takes away from, the, the friends that I do have having actually a face-to-face -face relationship and conversation with them about some of these issues. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, you know, I think back to living in Los Angeles and seeing the Christians and I'm going to, I don't know, this is hard. I, I'm going to use air quotes when I say that. Um, on Hollywood Boulevard with picket signs saying that you're going to hell and uh, particularly, it always seems to come up 
excuse me, always seems to come up against the homosexual community in particular. Um, and I also, even as a believer, standing there going, okay, I see your scriptures on your picket signs, and I love your, your scriptures and your passion and stuff. I don't think your scripture should be used to condemn people, for one. Yeah. Um, conviction is different to condemning. Um, two, I don't hear your heart in the matter. And I think Jesus had a lot of heart in, in addressing people. Yeah, and for so sure. for me, just like you said, for me, even as a believer, that stuff pushes me away. Yeah. You know, I mean, and again, like you said, it's not just the home, it's not just homosexuality. It's, it is the other things that were listed on there. People just blew up about that one in particular, because that's the heated topic, especially in Australia at the moment. But yeah, what about being a liar? Have you ever lied in your yeah. life? What about yeah. being aggressive when you're drunk? Have you ever done that? I've done both of those. Yeah. Uh, what about the others and, on that list? You know, and and for me, I, I look at it and I go, we just we like we, we don't see Jesus operate like that. Mm. Like uh, we we just don't see him do that. I mean, Jesus Jesus dies, goes to hell, preaches to them, and brings the, the those that were there out of that place into glory, and then he comes back and speaks to the disciples in, in the time before he ascends, and he doesn't mention hell. Like he doesn't mm. say to them, "Hey boys, I've been down there." It's garbage. You don't want to go. Go and tell everybody about how bad hell is, and then they won't come. That's that's not what he does. Instead, he mm. keeps their eyes focused on the kingdom, and he says, this is how good being with me is. This is how amazing it is to be with me. Why don't you come mm. with me? Yeah, you know, right. That's the position we should be taking. Rather than trying to point them away from the bad thing, just point them to the good thing. Exactly right, mate. And I love how Jesus actually addressed the heart issue. And this is my question in all of this. If Jesus' commands were love, right? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. His, his yeah. message was love. Then where is the love in the picketing? Where is the love yeah. in the very condemning social media posts? Um, yeah. Where is the love in that? And the love that we see in Jesus is actually that he addressed the heart of the issue. So he actually spoke to the heart. He didn't address the behavior. He didn't go like, oh, you're gay. You're going to hell. He didn't do that. Yeah. He went to the heart. He went, I want you to have a relationship with the most high God. Now, who am I to stand? I know what the scriptures say. I mean, you know, we've both got degrees in theology. I know what the scriptures say about homosexuality in there. I get that. But that can't be my first go-to because I am not faced with that struggle in my life. No. It's not deeply but personal to me. So I'm not there to point fingers. My go-to has to be anything that keeps you from a loving relationship with God is a concern and yeah. I want you to think that way. And if it is homosexuality, you got to ask yourself some questions. Like, are you willing yeah. to not live a homosexual lifestyle? I have friends who do this, who are gay. They, they say they've been gay from birth, but they won't live a homosexual lifestyle because they feel it gets in their way of the relationship with God. Now ask them, like, is it difficult? They're like, yeah, it's hard. And I can only imagine it must be so tough. But that's yeah. the decision they made personally. Same decision I had to make because I had massive temptation with pornography. Massive. Yeah. And was stuck in that thing. But I didn't make the decision going, oh, my behavior has to live up to what Christians are saying. Yeah. And I made it because I felt far from God when I did it. Yeah. And, 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 and this is the point at the moment is that we're going, well, you should have the right to watch that pornography. Now, you do have the right to do that. However, yeah. you decided 
you decided, man, this is not good for my life. I'm not living to the fullness that I could be living to. Yeah. And, and, and in that, you decided, okay, I'm going to make a change in this. I'm going, to, yeah. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do something different. Now, you weren't any worse or any better than, than um, a gay person in your, in your um, addiction with pornography. Now, the problem yeah. that happens with this is that guys will say, well, yeah, but it's not an addiction. This is my lifestyle. And Christians believe that, yeah, but that's, it, there's a better lifestyle that you could have. You know, this lifestyle is hurting you. That's what Christians believe. Now, well, Christianity okay. is becoming the, the alternative lifestyle. It used to be yeah. the other way around. But Christianity yeah, is sure. becoming the alternative lifestyle. So what if I yeah, say exactly to you, right. okay, that's fine. I accept that. So if I say to you, I'm gay. I accept that you're telling me that there's, a, there's another lifestyle that you say is better, but I'm happy with mine. So That's entirely okay. So to me, okay. I think it, uh, that's, that's okay. That's what, that's what Jesus did. Jesus allowed people to walk away from him who didn't agree with him. So can I, so can I still go to heaven? Yeah, look, I, I, think, I think heaven, I think getting into heaven is believing in Christ and repenting of the, of the life you've lived. But repenting just means to change your ways. So if that's the case, if repenting is f- fully changing, then none of us are going to heaven because we, we all have areas that we're still trying to change, to reform our mind. But, but God says, in, uh, Jesus says that having eternal life is to know the Father, is relationship, is an actual knowing of him. So... So yes, we get to. We I think in salvation you can be gay and be saved, just as you can be a liar and be saved, or be an adulterer and be saved. However, your life has to start to change to actually live out of the fullness of His kingdom, the rule and reign of the King, who we just we describe as Jesus. Mm. <laughs> so so yeah, I think I think the short of it is yes, but will you live a full? Um, lifestyle here, and will you step into a reward in heaven? Probably not. You will step into the gates. You know, I, I, yeah. That's it's the a tough, way it's I a see tough it. one. It's yeah. a tough one. I, I think, and I think the church has done a notoriously bad job at um, at representing truth or having answers to these things because they've tried to draw these hardline absolutes, and when they haven't drawn the absolutes, we've got the other side of the coin that completely shies away from giving an answer to to help people. So. You know, you have these guys on TV and they're cornered by the, by the talk show host. And it's like, I think, who was it? I think it was Carl Lentz last on The View. And they said, pose the same question to him. And it's no different to what Jesus had to face. Questions were posed at him. And these are positioned questions to take you out of context and, and draw a single statement from you. Yeah. And I think Carl yeah. Lentz's response was, and I'm not batting for Carl Lentz, not by any means, but... Um, I'm not a mega church guy, but um, his response was, I'd like to know your name first. Yeah. Before I yeah. tell you that you're going to hell, I'd like to first know your name. And what you're saying is, I'd just like to know you as a person. Yeah. Um, and out of that relationship, you can have a healthy conversation about it, about what are the things that are keeping you from a fulfilling relationship with God. And yeah. there's, in my opinion, in anything that we lost in, be it homosexuality, drunkenness, pride, um, gluttony, uh, whatever it is that is dominating your life, um, I really think that you discover yourself as you get 
closer to God and in discovering yourself, a lot of the loneliness, a lot of the brokenness that you feel from the lifestyle you've chosen actually falls away to the extent that you want to know God more. Your behavior isn't adjusted in order to know God. You know yeah. God and then you want to sacrifice some things because you want to know him more because you see how good he is and you discover yourself and who you really are. And so you want more of that too. Yeah, for sure. And see, isn't, isn't that one an interesting one? We, we don't yell at, the, um, at gluttony, but we see gluttony yeah. everywhere in the church. We don't, we're not out there picketing gluttons are going to go to hell. Like, why right. don't we do that? Because, right. because it's just as big. I mean, flip, man, I see gluttony all the time, especially in a, in a place like the, the Gold Coast where there's, you know, fast cars and, and all the thises and the thats where guys are broken inside, yet they're living out of this place of I've got to have that next big thing because that's what's going to make me something special. And right. we don't pick it against those guys. Right. Right. You know, that's where exactly I think right. we... Well, we, we shouldn't be picketing little... against anybody. Picketing is that's just not the... I know that's what you're saying. I just want to that's make That's the it point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly clear. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing that interests me. One of my favorite verses in, in the scriptures is when Jesus preaches to thousands of people and they all walk away. Like he wasn't mm. out there trying to grab them saying, you've got to listen to me. You've got to listen to me. He said, hey, here's a parable. If you truly know who I am and love me, you'll understand it. If you don't, then you'll walk away with a hard heart. Right. Like as, as Christians, if we could take that stance, hey, guys, for me personally, I believe this like nothing else. This is my life. I believe it to be so real. I hope you'll believe it with me too. No, I won't. Okay. Good luck on your journey, bro. I love you. I'll be here when you come back. You know? Yeah. That's the picture of, of Jesus I think we see. Yeah, it's true. And what I love about Jesus' approach that we should all learn from is that he addresses the matter of the heart. He doesn't address the behavior. Yeah. So e even exactly when people right. come to him with questions, you speak about him sitting around a dinner, dinner table and it wasn't that he sat with the motive going, I'm going to tell you why you lost and what you need to do. No, it actually initiated with people asking him questions, which shows how approachable he was and yeah, how close exactly. people felt to him. And it, it was relationally based. Now, Rochelle, my wife, is a choreographer and a dancer. And so I am very exposed to the gay community. And honestly, man, like, look, I want to, I want to debunk a couple things here. And if you are gay then i mean whatever you know more about this than i do and and that's just how it is that's the truth but i have heard from gay friends that that community is not as close-knit as loving as all embracing as most heterosexuals um think it is because a lot of heterosexuals yeah. go around going oh the gay community we should learn about love from them no actually most of the gay friends i've had have said it's a very backstabbing conniving jealous difficult community to be a part of it's not just it all love like, and flowers it sounds like any community run by humans <laughs> yeah right exactly right. sounds like it sounds like every other community that humans are a part of exactly right and so i think there's a lot of frustration there um in this issue of identity and the yeah. the, the difficult thing is identity is found in god your creator so that's a tricky one but i mean there's equal loss of identity in guys who neglect their family and go to the pub and spend all their time there and come home drunk and beat their wife. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's what Jesus did. He went to the heart. And even when what, he, the Pharisees, he went to the pub. <laughs> yeah, he went to the pub. Hey, hey. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Continue, Hello. Continue. I think Jesus would have walked in there. They all would have known his name. It would have been like, cheers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> sorry, continue, continue your thought. 
So I think here's the thing. The only people pointing the fingers were the, the highly religious, the guys that wanted to live by the law and couldn't recognize their own sin in their own lives, right? The yeah. Pharisees. And when they address Jesus about behavior, he always turns it into a question about the heart. Yeah, sure. And so how are we doing as, a, as the church addressing people about their heart as opposed to just do sin management and try to cookie cut people into what we think they should be when we ourselves miss the mark all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's just the point, you know, that this is a journey, this is a journey of learning how to live in right relationship with the father, learning how to live in right relationship with Jesus. And sometimes we fluff that journey up. And, and the thing with that is, is that it's, it's continually um, realigning ourselves, keeping our eyes on heaven that allow us to operate in that place. Now, the problem is, is that um, a, a lot of Christians carry a pompous view of themselves where they're going, no, I know who I am now, so I'm better than everybody else. Yeah. But instead of saying, man, Flip, I know who I am, I want other guys to understand who they are, but I, I can't take away their free will. God doesn't take our free will, so why are we trying to take people's free will in that? Right. You know, you, you must choose, you must, you, it's what you have to do. No, you don't. You get to decide for yourself. I hope you make the right decision, but I can't Mm. force you into that. So how how about this thing? Because we're going to keep this one short today. uh, We've got a couple of minutes to go, but how about we start winding it down towards this? That whole topic of speaking the truth in love. Okay. Yeah. So you you have church movements that are like, oh, just love, 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 love but then they never share the truth. And by truth, I mean the gospel. The truth is not addressing somebody from a a stance of their behavior. The truth is addressing somebody from the stance of eternity and the gospel. And eternity starts now. Um, That's the one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is like we said, the picketing thing where it's like, oh, you're going to hell. These are the laws. You missed them, but then fail to understand you've missed them too. (laughs) If you're the one picketing, you've also missed them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. we've got these two sides, and somewhere in the middle we have the speaking the truth in love, which I think is found in relationship first. Um, and we need real wisdom. We need to grow in wisdom and humility in sharing truth with people in a way that they can receive it. We live in a post- postmodern world that the language and the texture out there compared to the language in the church, it's, it's two different planets, mate. I'm seeing this more and more. Like when people live in a postmodern world, they don't understand Christianity language. And that's why we've got churches that are struggling to, to be relevant to people. It's not the lights. It's not the smoke. It's not that relevance. It's the actual language. We can't relate to society. So we're trying to take yeah. the most important message in the world to people who are on a completely different playing field. And they're but like, do you what think, are you talking about, dude? Do, do you think a lot of that is that, that we don't understand the language because we – we're using old language. Well, we, we won't change our language because we're saying, no, no, we don't want the culture to come into the church. I agree with that. We, we don't want to just look like, look like the world because that's not what we're supposed to do. However, the language we have to begin to explain if it hasn't been explained for so long. You know, and we, we pull each other up on that all the time um, you know, about using language that doesn't make any sense to a non-believer. But because we've been in this church world for so long, it makes a lot of sense to us. Mm. So, so exactly. do you think that's because we don't want the world's language to creep in 
or is it just because we don't want to change out? We just don't, we, we can't be bothered. No, you should have to change to us. If you're going to come to our group, then you should do what we do. Dude, I mean, I don't know how deep you want me to go on that answer. There's, it's, <laughs> it is yours, as Phoebe would say on Friends, yours is a question with many answers. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of approach to that, that question. <sighs> it comes down to, some of it comes down to model of church that you don't want to address um, topics that are so um, controversial because you're scared. You're scared of losing people. If you lose people, you lose tithes. If you lose tithes, you lose your salary. Can I yeah, just be sure. blunt? Okay. Yeah. So there's a model. I think there's a lot of leaders that are trapped by that. Just keep your people, keep your people. And then when we do that, we create a space of like, oh, this is a Christian bubble and if you're in it and you can pretend to be perfect enough, guess what? We're going to call that community. And out of that, we're just going to stay in our bubble. I'm absolutely yeah. amazed at how few non-believers are, are coming to church nowadays. And that's not because um, of any other reason other than that we are becoming less and less relatable to them. So when we speak about making the church relatable, we've gone, yeah, let's put on shows. Let's put on lights. Let's put on this, let's put on that. Let's have smoke machines. Let's make it dark like a nightclub. But, well, that, is, that ship is sailed and it's sailing even faster. It worked for yeah. a little period, but it's sailing even faster. Mark Say and those guys on this cultural moment, they, they speak about how we went through that whole phase of churches meeting in bars and clubs and things like that because they thought that by doing that, they'd be relevant and they would embrace people into Christianity, into the faith. And the exact opposite happened. They found that Christians started joining the pubs, you know, and started yeah. doing that. And that's the struggle when we try to be relevant. Relevance is not found in our methodologies. Relevance is found in actually paying attention to what is happening in the world, being aware of the moment that we live in, and then being human, being human, yeah. not being super spiritual, but connecting with people because they are each valuable. And do they need the absolute truth of Jesus Christ? Yes, they do. But if we can't connect, they will never hear it. Yeah. And so when's the last time we heard a message preached in church about postmodern culture, what it means to be a Christian in a postmodern world or secularistic world? What does yeah. it mean? I've never heard yeah. that. So then we give them this message, this nice little story that does one of two things. It keeps them in the bubble so that they're happy because they paid their tithe and now they get a nice story every Sunday. Or, and I say that, I'm not against the church. I want to help the church. I, I belong to two churches at the moment. But... That's the one outcome. The other outcome is that they take that little message and they try to share it with their, their friend at work or set, and it means nothing because it's such a yeah. far removed language. Yeah. And, and I think, I think the, the, the media, and I hate to, to, to call on the old media, but the media is also not helping that as well. I mean, if you, if you watch the news just for a small snippet of time, the only time the church really gets mentioned is when it's doing something bad. They're not running. They're not running news stories on the on the great stuff the church is doing. Next to never. I mean, you yeah. don't turn on like like you could go through your city in, in Austin now, and you could find two to three hundred, probably more than that, churches doing good stuff for the community, looking after the homeless, um, you know, running events for drug and alcohol people to help them get back on track. All those sorts of things. That stuff's never mentioned. Mm. But the moment a church makes a stand like what Israel Folau has done. Bournemouth's in the media and they're bigots and they're awful people. So Ooh. 
The, I like your skill, mate. You just brought it all the way around back to Israel uh, right in the beginning. Did you see that? You see wow. That? I am super impressed. Super hey, that's impressed. Right. Hey, you get your radio mates to have a nod at that. That's some how solid tra- radio. That's some solid how radio much training? Tree. None. <laughs> radio tree, baby. Oh, yeah. Well done, mate. I like it. Yeah. So um, the, the media is not helping that narrative either. You know, we're, it's, it's being portrayed that, yeah, the church has done some stupid things, absolutely, and continues to do so. Um, but the good that it's doing is phenomenal. I mean, the, the, the politics here in Australia know that if they remove the church from discourse, the, the government won't be able to fill the need that the church is already filling in terms of, helping the homeless, helping those who are struggling, all those yeah. kinds of things. Wow. You know, they, mm. they, they just can't do that. The, the, the incredible good the church brings is never highlighted, but the bad is. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to say that she's all broken. There, there's some things that need to be fixed, absolutely. Um, but mm. there's still some phenomenal things that she's doing that, that is, is helping our societies. Yeah, amazing. All right, Matt, closing statements. What are, you, what are your big thoughts that have come out of this conversation? What's your go-to practicality? I think as the church, we need to learn how to stand on our faith. And I, 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 mean, that, I mean that sincerely, um, but also showing love. So we don't waver. We're not like a reed tossed backwards and forwards. We know what we believe, yet we do that the same way Jesus did from a position of love as opposed to a position of picketing, you're in or you're out. We need to learn how to stand in our faith in true humility and true love. And let, me say, and let me say that that has got to happen through genuine relationship and it's going to take yeah. some time, it's going to take some effort and you need to approach those relationships because you like the person. Don't, don't, don't yeah. be with somebody just because they're homosexual and you want to convert them. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, that's just crazy. Just if you like the person and you become friends, then great journey with them and then share your truth and respect their choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would Sh- I would add to just say, yeah, go ahead. Share the truth. Sorry. Yes. Share the truth. And I would just add to say that um, we need to learn in the, in the church. We need to learn what world we actually live in, what the culture. Sorry. Dogs are going to go crazy. Right, eh? I know this is, some some folks just arrived home, but we're almost done. Um, we, you have to, we have to share the cultural moment that we, and we have to learn about it. If you don't know what postmodernism is, learn about it. There are podcasts out there like this one, and even better one like this cultural moment. Um, we need to know the world we live in, and you need to be able to develop a language for where we live and and what we do, and know the message that you're taking out, because I think a lot of people don't know that. So, yeah, that's, that's it for today, mate. Um, sorry about the recording blunders. No, it's been good, mate. And this, this, this conversation has been good. You know, I think it's one that, that's ongoing, but it's, it's, it's great being able to have this discourse and, and talk through some of these things. So it's, yeah. it's always awesome, mate. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this is Remnant Radio on Station Head. Back tomorrow morning. Um, for the live shows. If you're listening to the podcast, then you can join Remnant Radio exclusively on the Station Head app. And um, that is live radio where you can comment, you can come on the show live, you can do whatever you need to do to be part of it. We are building it together. It's social radio. It's brand new. We love it. And then obviously our podcast will be found in our usual streams. All the links that you need are through revivetheremnant.com. From me, Clint Davis, I will see you in the morning or on the podcast. Hero, ladies and gentlemen.